What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, Pat, how's our old mate Jace going? I hear he's doing fantastic. In fact, he just keeps selling so much dog gear to our loyal listeners at such remarkable prices. What's he got? He's got... Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, he's got everything. Balls, yep. tugs, leashes. I don't think balls and tugs should be said in the same sentence. Well, we just did. Okay. Uh, mills. That's what Jason's pumping out like hot little the potatoes. Firepaw mills. Firepaw, HF, HF mills. HF mills, yeah. Yep, he's got them all. Yep. Um, and we've done sleds. that mills episode yep. on Patreon, so yep. a lot of people are learning about how to use the mill. Yeah, and getting them from Jason. Getting he them sells from Jason. sleds now. Sleds and yep. parachutes, I said. Parachutes. That you tested with Remy. Tested the parachute, yeah. Yep. I can confirm it inflates. I know he still doesn't have a website. I know he does not. <laughs> so if you'd like to buy something from Jason, could be a Herm Springer item. Yeah. Uh, you could get that from Jason, but you have to do it through Facebook and and in order to do that, you have to head to Einswick Dog Quip, which is, how do you spell that? E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K, Einswick. Einswick Dog Quip. Hi, folks. If you're going to be in New South Wales between the 3rd and 5th of May, we have the amazing Mike Suttle coming out to do a grip development and scent detection seminar. For those of you who have done the NDTF elective and you're looking to up your game or if you're doing nose works or part of an agency where scent detection is a huge part of what your program offers, this is a seminar you don't want to miss. Even if you're on the American circuit, you want to catch up with Mike Suttle from Logan House Kennels at some stage. He's one of the greats in this industry, particularly in this field. You won't want to miss it. So hope to see you then. Looking forward to it. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Glenn Cook. And it's just us today. It is. It's just Finally, us. Finally, after so much time, like we have been interviewing some stellar guests yep. of late. Mm-hmm. We really had some quality lineup of people, which has been absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it also means that you and I don't get to... Just uh, bro out. What did you say before? We're going to riff through a session. We'll just today. riff it. Yeah, we're going to riff when through I a said, session. What are we going to do? Yeah, I don't know. We'll just riff it. So before we do lead into the topic that we're going to talk about today, you just did a successful seminar up in yeah. Brisbane. Yeah, that was Let, great. Let's yeah. talk about that quickly because okay, you've got yeah. a few more lined up this year. And Yeah, um, so yeah, Tammy Peters from Precise Canine asked me to come up. Yeah. Tammy's actually the first person in Australia to hit me up to do a big public seminar, which mm. I really appreciate. And you were really blown away with her hospitality and yeah, she did an amazing she looked job. after yeah, you an, and organized yeah, it and structured everything. She did an amazing job mm. hosting. She did a fantastic job. Um, mm. It was sold out at 50 people. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And yeah, it went really well. I was really happy. I think all the material sort of got out. Really good positive feedback. A lot of people thought that they... What I said, and look, I've been outspoken about this many times in the past, was I can't stand when people go to seminars and just sort of take it as, I'm aware most dog training seminars are infotainment, right? Yep. Like it's a show that you got to put on and you got to be, you know, presenter and charismatic and all that sort of stuff. And you mm. hope that some inf- information gets across. Which is good because it's going to lead into our topic today that we're going to yeah. announce shortly. But Yeah. But so I, what I said to everybody at the start was, you know, please 
try and identify a piece from this that you'll implement. Mm. Like just one piece, no matter, even if it's just you choose to now use a clicker instead of a verbal marker or whatever it is. Because I just see a lot of the times, that I personally find it really frustrating because I've learned so much from going to various seminars and I've been able to, to put into place. And sometimes I see things and I think that's interesting, but I'm not going to do that. But then you get a piece and you go, okay, that's in my toolbox. And I, I'm regularly frustrated when I know someone learned something at the same time as I did. And then yep. they ask me like, hey, what would you do with this? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you were there. Yep. Anyway, so that was it was quite well received and people sort of said, yeah, I have a plan now. I, like they're not suddenly Nipopo experts and they're not suddenly going to just rechange their whole system, but they know, okay, this is how I'm going to start layering in some of the things that I've learned here. And here's, here's how I'm going to use a piece of what you said or whatever, you know mm. what I mean? Everybody came up, like I asked for feedback at the end, what are you going to change? And everybody had something pretty interesting to say. Which well, I, I mean, to call yourself a Nipopo expert after one weekend is a very... Yeah, that's right. Th- yeah, That's yeah. a big ask of anyone. I mean, it's a, it's a very... It's not a complicated system per se, but it is a system. It's a very... I guess the best word to describe it, it's a very cerebral system. Yeah. Like it's something that you've really got to think about. And you were describing it well before. It's like a a mathematics equation. Yeah. It's like putting math into it and making sure that what you're coming out with is a winning formula for the dog. And I like that explanation. I actually think that that sounds really good. Yeah. Well, that's how I'm sort of teaching it. And I think if you're coming from a purely positive background or even a sort of popo nay background, some of the things that we say in the popo can be counterintuitive. Sometimes some of the things that you say, this will cause something to happen is if you have in the past been doing that same thing to make something stop Mm. or what seems like the same thing to make something stop can be very hard to wrap your head around. Like how am I going to use this tool or this application of this tool to make something happen rather stop something happening? And I sort of am in line with that, especially there are a lot of sports competitors there where I was saying, you know, you guys probably at no stage on the field are ever asking the dog to stop doing anything. You're always asking him to do something. So Mm. all of your all of your tools and techniques are activation tools, not, not stop doing tools. But yeah, it was a great time. It was a, I, I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, we got positive feedback, which is good and ready to do it all again in Tasmania in um, a couple well, it depends on when this comes out, but probably in, in a couple of days by the time this is out. Touch base with M. Smythe, not only dogs, if you can get to Tasmania, that'll be exciting. Hmm. Smaller crowd in Tasmania, but it's Tasmania, you know. Well, it's still good that Tasmania are actually doing something on yeah. the seminar scene and yeah. not not missing out on their opportunity to get further learning. Yeah. Just because you've got a small amount of people, it doesn't mean that you can't make a successful seminar. In fact, some of the best seminars that I've been to, it hasn't just been an enormous crowd of people. I mean, I like the crowd. I like the, yeah. the carnival feeling when you're catching up with a lot of people and you're networking and there's a lot of fun to be had there, but some of the best seminars I've been to and some of the best workshops that, that have been presented are small and intimate, mm. and there's not a ton of the same question asked every time. Yeah. I mean no disrespect for people because it's very important when people are entering the industry, they don't know that question's been asked a yeah, million times yeah, before. Right, They've yeah. got no idea. But when I've been doing seminars for like 30 years with people of different disciplines, I'll go to a seminar and I'll be learning theory and somebody will ask that same question. And you're sort of like, it's like going to a wedding and waiting for them to say First Corinthians yeah, as, yeah. The, <laughs> as the speech of love, you know, love yeah, and dedication because yeah. you kind of yeah. say, well, that's a, a typecast setting. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been doing mostly to this point is smaller private sort of trainings and 
seminars for private groups. This, that was the first big 50 people open to everybody public mm. thing that I've done. And it was great. It, I had a good time. There, there was a really powerful moment in the seminar. I'm not sure that everybody even saw it where there was a woman, she had a, a very nice young Malinois really into the ball and we were actually doing exercises to make this dog dive into the ball harder and how we would transfer that to her bite work. And I asked her just out of curiosity, she had the clicker and I, I just said, you know, just, just click for me, see what happens. And the dog spat the ball out and then realized before the ball even hit the floor, it recorded it. Like, fuck, I didn't yep. mean to do that. Like that, that was, <laughs> that, I didn't want that to happen. And I was, you know, not quite everybody saw it because it was just a little thing that happened. And I was like, that is the power of the system. Like if you can get that response mm. and follow through with that, where the dog actually does drop the ball all And the that's way, a reflex response. Reflex, been, the dog had mm. no intention. That was yeah. really, it was a really powerful thing. Like if you were to ask that dog, why did you spit that ball out? They'd be like, she, the dog would say, I have no idea. And I did not mean to. Yep. In fact, I corrected myself and, and altered the course, but it happened. Yep. And, and that dog had no intention of doing it. And if you can capture moments like that and put that into every behavior mm. where the dog says, why did you do that? And they say, fuck, I have no idea, but I did it. And I did it with heart and soul. That's the whole idea. And now I know I have to do it. Like yeah. It's part of the system. Yeah. Not mm. only did I, I do it, I don't know why I did it, but I'm very glad that I did. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's my story. It's a good story. Yeah. Mm. So what are we talking about today? I think we're going to do a two for one today. A two for? A two for. <laughs> two for one special. Yeah. So we're going to talk about getting to the point. Getting to the point. Getting to the point because we went and saw our Uncle Jordan. Yep. There was quite a few of us. We went down to Canberra because it was sold out in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I think- Get we, to the point. Yeah, get to the point. <laughs> well, that's what it was. It was getting to the point. That's uh, part of one of the rules that he talked about. What was the rule that he- Rule was, 10. It was rule 10. Yeah, be precise in your speech. So yeah, he did uh, rule 10, which is be precise in your speech. Mm. I think, well, they say that at every show just does a different thing and riffs like, I mean, they've done 120 something shows yep. and yeah, he just picks a rule and, and sort of riffs about it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've only been to the one. There's, how yeah. can we compare? Yeah. We try riffing every now and again. It's always a disaster. So Sometimes it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's been shows that have hit the editing floor and never to be seen the light of day again yeah. because it doesn't turn into anything constructive. In yeah. fact, you listen to it and just thought, ah, that just sounds like mud. Yeah. So the end, I mean, the punchline of what he was saying was get to the point. Yeah. And we're, you know, however far into an episode we are and we're going to say we're going to talk about that. And then something else has been irking you, Glenn. What's that been? Ask holes. <laughs> There's been a few people who've been putting memes up and the meme states that an asshole is somebody who asks your advice and then everybody else and does the complete opposite of what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Straight away, I know there's going to be people who are going to listen to this and they're going to think, you're he's talking about he's me. He's talking about me. They're talking about me again. And, and yes, it's all of you. Yes, every <laughs> single one of you. The funny thing about it is there's more people than what you think there are who are assholes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you can rightfully say that at some stage you might have done that as well. Like you've asked yeah, people's advice yeah. and it's been good advice. It's been sound advice. And had you have stuck to the system or followed the progressive thoughts of what they were telling you to do, you might have found that you actually got good results of it. But mm. the fact that you didn't do that and then you've come back and fucked something up. You've then turned around and saying, oh, well, this is fucked up. And they're going to go, of course it is, because Mm -hmm. you've done the polar opposites of what we've discussed. Mm -hmm. And that's your choice. But there are people in the dog training industry talking about getting to the point and assholes. (laughs) There are people in the dog training industry that 
They do ask a lot of questions, which they have the right to do. So I believe in gathering and accruing knowledge. I think it's very important. I've encouraged every single NDTF student that's been on the course, go out and realize that the NDTF course, although it might be a cornerstone in something you've done, like it's a good start, Mm -hmm. it's not the be all and end all. You've got to know how to grow and you've got to know how to grow in the area that that's important to you. Mm. So some people want to be a pet dog trainers. Nothing wrong with that. I yeah. mean, the market is extensive in That's pet dog training. Is. That's where the money is. So if you're a pet dog trainer, don't look at it and look down upon yourself, okay, because the market needs you. But learn to be the best pet dog trainer that you possibly can. Don't mm. rest on your laurels and sort of think, I'm where I need to be. I'm just cranking out dogs that uh, go to place and then come back and do this. Like learn, like develop and even develop a system that is enhancing the relationship between you and your customer's dogs. Hmm. They might not follow every single thing you want. And we've discussed this in previous episodes. We've talked about it in extensive detail, but it's very important that you do learn your trade and your skill and you become better and better at it. So some people, they don't know when to stop asking the question. Mm -hmm. They just don't know. Like they'll spend time and money seeing every single dog trainer on the block. They'll spend a short amount of time with them. They'll do a little bit of what they say. And then by the time they're a little bit into getting good development of their dog, they jump ship already. Mm -hmm. And then they're on the next trend with the next person who's come in and done a seminar. And they're doing a little bit of what they're saying, but then they jump ship at the next seminar. And the frustrating thing is, is that they can't see what they're doing is not getting to the point for their dog. Mm. So their dog is a scrambled mess by the end of it because there really is no- Did you just link the two topics together? I know. Did you see what I did I did. Well done. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's not often that happens. And I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. That's all right. I know it's frustrated you before. Yeah. When people have come to you and they're midway through working out a system with you and you can see that they're getting results and all of a sudden gone. And come back and what you're seeing is not where you left off at all. Mm. The problem is you're finding that it's regressed right back to a point where you're thinking not only is this not where we started, it's gone further back. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem for me in being a professional trainer and working with a lot of people over time. You made a point a while back where you say to people, I'll just tell you to fuck off. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the linchpin for me where I do the same. Yeah. Like I just cut people straight away. I just, look, don't waste my time. It's not that I won't talk to the person or have a relationship with them or shake their hand when I come up and see them. It's not about being rude to the person or disrespecting them or nothing, but it's complete. I think for anybody who's a trainer who's pulling results and is doing well by the client, I consider those people and the people in the industry an artist, mm. okay? And it's basically shitting on their art, you know? And that's what people are doing is they're basically... Don't get me wrong. If you're a, the owner of a dog and you want to go around and meet other people and, and see other systems and work with other people because you're curious and you, you want to learn more, I tip my hat to you. You know, I think it's it's wise yeah, to go you should. And, you should do it. But when you are scrambling your dog up and you're changing systems, changing systems, changing systems, changing systems, changing systems... And you can't see what you're doing. I mean, your dog's got no hope, Mm. no hope, unless, and the only way, the only caveat to this is unless the people are all linked in a system and they're all speaking a common language. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's the only time that it's going to work in your favor. The other time, and this is where trainers get a bit shitty with what they do. And I've been guilty of this. I'm going to put my hand up here and, and speak 
open heart is where trainers bash other trainers. And I've done it before for, I've done it for the right reasons and I've also done it for the wrong reasons. I've done it for, for the reasons where I just didn't really like the trainer and it was a conflict of interest and I mm-hmm. just thought, fuck that guy and I've just bit their head off. And <laughs> and some people, so look, some people in the past, I've rang them up and apologised to them and I've just fessed up to it and say, yeah. you know, look, I, I said some trashy shit about you and I shouldn't have done it and uh, I feel bad and... And I've asked for their forgiveness because I have genuinely felt bad about it. But there are some guys out there or and girls who are just tip rats and they don't deserve my respect or anyone else's for that. I know that sounds harsh. Preach, Glenn. Well, the thing is, is that they, they're they flooding the environment with shitty work mm. and they've never evolved beyond who they are or what they can be. Mm. They're sitting in a, in a shitty dated system and they refuse to grow and some of them are just not nice people, mm-hmm. hands down. They're very difficult. They're very arrogant, and they just have never really done any great service for the industry. And yes, I know this is preachy, but it's also coming from the heart. So the people that do go, they do end up in that nest. It's a pit of vipers that they just spiral down, and they truly do inherit the crown title of being a like a full fledged <laughs> asshole. So I think for me, uh, there's two types of assholes. Yeah, I think that there's one type that is looking for the secret sauce. Yeah, so. They're the people that will change systems and trainers really regularly and mm. not see through a program. Yeah. Now you said something interesting then about how you then ha- you then sort of left in a position where they're almost pitting trainers against each other. Mm. I get really uncomfortable about that because sometimes someone might come to me and they've got like, look, here's the problem with my dog, and they want to infer to me that the trainer that they were at caused the problem, and sometimes that's the case. That, that definitely can yeah. be the case, but I think also. In dog training, I think that every strength creates a weakness somewhere else. Yep. And to get to the point, like a, a concerted training program, a considered training program where you really have a, a an end goal in mind, sometimes you accept that. Sometimes mm. you go, hey, I'm going to accept this weakness I'm creating over here to put a lot of strength over here. Yep. Or you might say, well, the strength that I'm creating over here will leak into this spot later. And so long as we're on the right path, when we get to this end point and they have a plan, they know how to do that, it'll be fine. Mm. But it, that only works because I know I have systems like this as well, right? Where they they work in the end, in the interim, they look like shit yep. and you have to stick with it. And if you were to go to someone else halfway through, it looks like shit. And and you say, oh, if you lose faith in it, and maybe that's the fault of the of the the coach or the trainer to not allow you to carry on. Mm. But I think that 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 sort of person that loses faith in that is not the asshole. That's the person that just doesn't stick with it, right? And they're probably they're probably similar but different people. Y- yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it's a good. So point. If, if they just lose faith, that's probably on you. Yeah. As, as the coach, yeah. by not showing. But then the asshole that just goes. Like you've got six weeks to prove them, but they don't tell you about that time frame. So those people that are looking for the secret sauce that bounce around, they're problematic because they do sort of end up pitting trainers against each other a little bit. And like, so I can give you a real world example without naming any names is I've had people come to me with problems with their dog and I say, yeah, like I can see where this is caused. This is a problem of, of X. Yep. And they go, oh yeah, old mate did that to my dog. And I say, yeah, like, and I know the person Fortunately, in this example, I'm thinking of in my head, I'm good friends with the person and this- And uh, a conversation usually entails afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Well, and so they say, yeah, this person caused this. And I say, yeah, that that will be a side effect at this point in the training for sure. Mm. And if you're not going back, if you're not happy, whatever, like we have to alter the course. 
And I say, yeah, this, so this that person definitely did cause that, but not caused it in a like malicious or or negligent way. Yeah. But that's just something that's going to come of the training. Mm. And then they run back to that person and say, Pat said this of your training. Yeah. And fortunately, in the exact example I'm thinking of, the guy called me and was like, hey. Yeah. I, turns out we share a client. And I was like, yep, we sure do. Mm. So that's a problem. That's an asshole. That's a that that's when I that's think a of fully asshole. Fledged asshole. That's the kind yeah. of person I think of. But then, so they're the person that's looking for the secret source and don't understand that the secret source is hard work. <laughs> that's damn it. straight. So it that's is. it in everything, right? The yeah. secret source, the path to success, no matter what you're doing, is mm. hard work. There's a lot of luck that goes into the mix. There's a lot of good timing that goes into the mix. There's lots of different things. That, but they're the salt and pepper, right? Yeah. The the actual the base is hard work. No matter what you're talking about, whether you're talking about dog training or fucking piano playing it's hard work there's nothing that that goes past that and right now someone's kicking their dashboard going he doesn't even know how to play a fucking piano (laughs) which is true i don't but then there's a the other type of asshole and these are the ones that really piss me off Mm. are the ones that are just looking to be validated yeah so they've decided what the problem is with their dog and, and they need 10 trainers to tell them. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's not. That's not it. Because if it, that was the problem, they could have addressed that and, and no longer have a problem. Yep. They've decided what's wrong with their dog and they go to find the person who will agree with them. Yep. And that is the asshole that like does my head in. <laughs> and it's always that their dog is special and unique yep. and learning theory doesn't apply. Doesn't to apply. Yeah, no, that's that's just not true of my dog. Mm. I've, I've tried that. How many times did you try it? How like, funny is that? That you were talking about that, and I'm thinking of it because I can think of like a handful of people <laughs> I've met over the course of time who have done it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're talking to them, and this big Cheshire cat smile comes across their yeah, face, yeah. and they're looking at you like going, "No, no, I know no. that 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 might be." That, like that well might be everybody else's dog, but yeah. not mine. Yeah, that might be well mm. documented and proven yep. mm. and work on every organism under the sun, yep. uh, but not my dog. My yeah. dog is special and unique mm. and all the things that you're talking about do not work. Yep. Learning theory, as you're trying to tell it to me, does not apply to my dog mm. because he is a particular type of breed who was born on a Wednesday. Or he's a rescue. So <laughs> yeah. The rules, do, there. There are, well, I'm not picking on rescues or rescue dogs because we just, we interviewed viewed the brilliant Dallas not yeah. long ago and that was a great episode and it opened a lot of hearts and doors and minds yeah. on, a, on a lot of issues and rightfully so because the rescue scene does need a lot of caring people you know like there were things yeah. that I was thinking about all through that conversation with Dallas however the there are people that are getting rescue dogs that are making shitty excuses for them and causing more problems and then they end up dumping them back into rescue again, which well, is terrible. I, I think one of the issues, we didn't bring it up when Dallas was on, uh, you always think about things later. Yeah, but, of course. And I, I don't think the rescues are to blame for this. It's it's often the attitude of the people that get the dog and maybe it's the type of person that's attracted to a rescue dog. But I re- I often hear the story about the abused dog and mm. we've talked about this and the it, the dog was a bait dog or, you know, whatever was, you know, beaten to death and whatever and now he was resurrected and now I've got him and he's got the scars of his former life. Like those dogs, they just are so few. And if you want to talk about whether they were mistreated, yeah, of course they were mistreated, but most likely is that they were undertreated rather than like act- the, the miss, the abuse is psychological by under socialization. Mm. It's not that the man in the blue hat beat the dog right. and they scared of the man in the blue hat. It's that he'd never seen a man in a blue Jeez, hat. Jeez, that's a that's a fucking good point, you know. I mean, but so, that, that is really sorry, that is a good point and people have got to be really aware of of that is 
how much lack of socialization actually resonates to be, I mean, a dog can look like it's been beaten all its life. Yeah. And yet all it's never, all, the only thing that's really wrong with it, it is it's just under socialized. It's under socialized. And look, talking from experience, I've had many clients with it have had dogs that really were abused mm. and there's always evidence of that. They have scars. Yeah. Like Steph probably listens to the, sh- the show. She's got a husky that clearly had his, his mouth wide shut because he's got a giant scar around the front of his face where he grew into that. Like, yep. And that's real abuse. Like you can see the scars. You have the infamous dog that's always had- Or could having- it be a halty? No, they, he was found with it. He was oh, found okay. with his face wide shut oh, wow. yeah, walking the terrible. streets and mm. grown into that like it yep. had been a long time. Yep. But so there's a scar. There's a scar that can can show you that. And yep. and like any anyone that's ever seen a real dog fight, if their dog was a bait dog, you see the, the wounds that accompany that. So there's that evidence that the dog actually has a scars. But then most of the dogs, and I would say, geez, I, I'm struggling to think of one that doesn't fit into this, is the dogs that really were abused don't tend to be aggressive. They tend to show appeasement behaviors because yep. that's what stopped the abuse in the past. Yep. So that's really even, that's quite a sad and quite horrific thing to picture, but that's what got stopped them getting beaten up in the past. It's not being aggressive. Yeah, it's lying on the ground, pissing themselves. Yeah, so yeah. the ones that really were were able to show aggression, they're the ones that probably avoided the real abuse and yep. then th- therefore think they can stop problems by being aggressive. And that's a whole nother issue, mm. but so seldom... And I've explained that to people a few times and they're like, oh, he was definitely beaten. And I'm like, typically the dogs that are beaten are the real softies because they've learned this is how I stopped the beating, uh, which is such a sad and horrific thing. But that's the truth. In my experience, uh, yeah, of course, there's the, others. Of course. When, when you ask, well, when you call them out on it, it's like, how do you know? No, that's right. And you, you yeah, like I say, the, the only dogs that I know for sure that were actually physically abused and have the scars to prove it mm. are all quite soft dogs. They're not aggressive dogs. Yep. So I can, it's anecdotal, you know mm. what I mean? And maybe someone will be listening and is way more involved in this and will say, no, no, I, I see the opposite. But typically I, I don't. There's always exception to the rule. Yeah, of course, mm. of course. But that's something that I think is interesting. I don't even Very. know how we got to this, but talking about- Arseholes. Arseholes. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, like but, what you're but, saying but, doesn't apply. And it, mm. so that's right. Now I remember how we got to it. Mm. So I think a lot of people, like pet people that you might have, a rescue dog that comes riddled with behavioral problems, they want to make a bunch of excuses for why that dog might have the problems. Mm. Something that I think is interesting as well, this came up a couple of times over the weekend when people say, why do you think this behavior is presenting itself? And I could hypothesize two or three reasons why this dog might be doing something. But no matter what, the in, in this circumstance, whether it was reason one, two or three, we're still going to do the same thing to fix it or to change the behavior. So is it worth our time, energy and effort getting bogged down in why the dog is doing it? If the if the fix of the because it's behavioural, we're noticing that the dog is doing it. It's not a mind state thing. We're not changing the mindset of the dog. We're not counter conditioning. We're not reprogramming anything. We want to change a behaviour. Yep. Is it worth our while wondering how the dog got to that point when we're going to do the same thing no matter what? So it, I think sometimes people can get bogged. Yeah, down I that. agree. I think yeah, that's a little bit of a quicksand trap that you can spend way too much time. And valuable time where really the program needs to be set. Okay, we've got all these bag of problems. It's not like a human where you can address it with them and ask them, you know, regressive questions. Mm -hmm. Like you can't actually get back to any history or or ask them to describe their past. You've just got to accept it is what it is and move on from there. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important. I I think that's where... I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is that... Get to the point. Yeah, get to the point. I guess what the point I'm trying to get to is I think some trainers hoodwink people into extra lessons 
trying to sir. trying to be regressive when they need to be progressive. How dare you, sir? I know. How dare I call upon the industry? The- we we were as trainers ragging on our clients. Not how dare you turn it back onto the um the, at the, the other trainers, the training community. So oh, look, I've made a lot of mistakes. Explain yourself, sir. What do you think's happening there? Again, you know, like you can't talk about this without admitting real guilt in it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there's been times where I've probably spent too much time not getting to the point with mm-hmm. my clients when we've been sitting in consultations and we've been doing exactly what we just talked about is trying to figure out how the dog got to be where it is. Mm. These days I realize that's not important. Yeah. Not n- not anywhere near as important as Sometimes it is. If well, it's, if you know, like yeah. if you can find out details, like if you can actually find out through the foster group or uh, like for example, is it a critical period issue? Is it a, is it not a critical period issue? Is it something that's happened outside or inside that? I mean, those details are relevant, but in the absence of that, you've got to get on with business. Yeah. Like one example I can definitely think of off the top of my head is like, say, problematic barking. Yep. I want to know why a dog's doing that because if he thinks he's having some effect, then yep. I can take away that effect and the barking will stop. Yep. But if he enjoys the barking, then now I have to diminish why he why the why the barking's happening. I have to punish that. Yep. And so that is that that would be a prescription that is very different depending on why the dog's doing the it. The history is always important if it's available. Yeah. Okay. If it's available. Yeah. Good if point. it's available. So if you have access to the history, it's absolutely unequivocally unarguably one of the most important things to go through. And that's what I usually say to people. Do you have any details? Have you spoken to the people who fostered the dog, rescued the dog, the pound that took the dog in? Like, do they know the person? Can we get in contact with them? Once I get a solid sheet of no's to that, it's just time to move on. Yeah. But in the past, I have wasted time on that. Mm -hmm. And it was never done intentionally with the mindset of ripping the client off. It was that I just thought... You know, like I've probably gone three lessons into it before I've realized I'm not getting any answers here Mm. and I'm being way too forensic over something that I don't need to be because, again, I'm trying to be regressive and not progressive. And at that point, I really needed to say it probably needed to be like half a lesson or maybe a lesson at the most to deal with the issue and say, get back to me on this, that and the other. Yeah. Like, for example, I pissed off somebody the other day who wanted to come to me for an aggression lesson. And I, I wanted them to do a health check before they come to me. These days before people come to me, immediately the first consultation I have with them, not even consultation, I save them money. I actually do something with integrity. I say, go to the vet first. I want teeth checked. I want blood taken. I want thyroid tested. I want this, that, and the other. So I give them a panel of things to do. Now, in some cases, I've, it's cost me a lesson. I've never got the lesson because the vet said they yes. they find the problem. But they find the problem, you know, like one was a cracked tooth, one was thyroid issue that needed to be sorted out. Mm-hmm. One was misaligned spine. But the appreciation I get from people and the integrity that I maintain with them is yeah. can't be beaten. Yeah. It's the point I'm trying to get to. So this lady that I was doing that, we were doing a bit of online talking, a bit of backwards and forwards. And I asked her to get a, a consult done with the vet. And she said to me, look, my dog's traumatized. It won't do this. It won't do that. And in the end, I basically said, what do you want me to do for you? You know, like if the dog is that bad, what can I do? You know, like she wouldn't even organize to get the dog into the vet. So I just thought there's there's not much I can mm. I can do at this point in time if you're not prepared to meet me halfway. Mm. For me, it's just a difficult thing. I, I guess that I, I don't want to sit there and, and charge people the amount I charge them and then have them turn around and say, well, I've been doing three lessons with Glenn and never got anywhere and... 
you know, and that's when they do trash talk you to other trainers that they go to see. And that other trainer, if they don't have any integrity themselves, they'll turn around and say, oh, yeah. Fucking Glenn. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what they'll say. Is they'll say, yeah, he's ripped you off. He's just got you in for three lessons. And I really don't want to do that. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm just trying to flush him over and solve it in one lesson. But for argument's sake, Kirsten Keimling came to me the other day. She's got a client that's having a problem dog. Mm-hmm. So she met me and just said, you know, can I come to the session with you and, mm-hmm. and work through it? So they came out to me, long story short, it's not a big issue they've got with their dog, but it is enough of an issue that they need to correct some things in their life. And one of the things I've said to them is, look, you guys are all in the inner east. Kirsten's not far from you. You guys need to be doing a lesson with Kirsten once a week. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be going out in public, not to your house, but you and Kirsten need to be doing this lesson. And that's all they needed to know. So rather than rope them into more work, they're better off being in their own home environment with mm-hmm. a trainer who's going out and going to walk the beat with them and fix the problem on the move. Mm-hmm. Kirsten's well equipped to be able to do it. Her and I consulted at the time. That was part of the deal. She got to come along and sit on it mm-hmm. and it went perfectly. So if they follow our advice, things are going to go well, but they have to change some things. This is the concept where people do, uh, and it's a general public thing I'm, and it's not a scorn, it's just an observation, but there are a lot of people out there who are letting their dogs just it's basically like people who are flight risk and still letting them on the flight. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing that I, I think about with dogs when people say, oh, this person's a flight risk. Don't let them on the flight because they're going to blow up a plane or do something stupid. And there are dogs out there that people take down to a dog park or they take them down the road or walk them around the neighborhood and they'll let that dog off lead. Mm. These are dogs that shouldn't be doing this. And yet, People will see that there's a problem. They'll know that their dog is going to be the one that's going to nail another dog or stir up a situation where other dogs are going to get actively involved, where aggression is going to be part of the catalyst. But they'll still do it. And then they'll ask people who are the wrong type of people who will give them arbitrary advice and they'll look at them and and they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that. And then I'll take the dog down there again after three weeks thinking, oh, well, if I do a couple of little magic pill things with the dog and take it back down, this will just get rid of the system. But I've like the suggestion I've given these people, which I know other good trainers do at the same same token, I know you would as well, is this is a change of life from here on in the pathway that you've gone down is no longer available to you. This has to be removed in order for true success to take place. Mm -hmm. So hopefully these people aren't going to be assholes and they're not going to go off and and dump Kirsten and then go off and, and think, oh, well, you know, I really want my dog to be running around the dog park with other dogs. This dog can't do it. Like not in the foreseeable future, Mm. okay? Not in the foreseeable future because there are critical period issues there that, no one knows the history, but I'm, I'm, as I said to the people, and I, I've done this plenty of other times before where I've seen the issues and I've just said, guys, please, don't do it. There's too much at risk here. This is going to be an escalation, not a de-escalation. I've got a dog park story. Cool. Since we've done dog park dystopia and <laughs> well, horrors of the dog park. So, you know, I say there's a place I go. I'm there most days. I train my dog there. My dog interacts with other dogs. It's all sweet. It's all yep. totally fine. Yep. That requires me to across the city west link which is you know like a busy road and i was headed there the other week very early in the morning and um it was this is not a blemish against your dog park no honestly there wasn't okay no thank god i was wiping the sweat from my brow immediately long (laughs) geographical story short i couldn't get to there yeah right and i was low on time Mm. so i had a brain explosion i don't know why the fuck (laughs) i did this it was just one of the as i was parking the car i was like what are you doing What, what are you doing this for and I went to the 
the dog park, right? The closed in with a cafe in it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog park, right? The problem dog park. But it was early in the morning. Yeah. Sorry, it was it was it was about eight thirty and I kind yeah. of I justified to myself, I was like, you know what? The real early, early morning people are gone. Yeah. This will just be dog walkers in what, there. What now. could possibly go wrong? Yeah. At, so I'm at, like at the, at the field of horrors. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. it'll be fine. And yeah. I just needed to to just run the dogs. That's yeah. it. And I was like, I won't do any training. I won't take a ball or anything. Like I'll just let the dogs run around. This is like one of those stories where people know they shouldn't go in that house I and know. they go in there. It's like, yeah, the horror story. Yeah. The, the horror movie house where you're like, <laughs> just turn all the lights on and leave. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Right. Yeah. That, that was me. Yep. So I get a coffee. <laughs> and I'm on the phone. <laughs> oh, God, it just gets better. No, I'm joking. Yep. A little bit. I had the hands free. Yeah. So I'm, I'm walking. It's like quite a narrow sort of park. Mm. Uh, it's where, for anybody in Sydney that knows, where Cafe Bones is, right? Which is, it's a great place. So it, we've, we've just outed. The, well, I mean, you know, you're not stopping anyone going there. They're packed every day. Yeah. People go there. You can sit there and you can order your dog a puppuccino. They've probably got like a vet sent around the corner that just rubbing their hands together going, oh, this is so good. Right. You go... Dare you to go there on a Sunday? There's 200 dogs there. Yeah, they have classes and everything there. It's yeah. carnage. That's a horror movie for me. Yeah, and look, mm. I, the reason I don't like that place is because it's it's fenced in yep. and there's no main roads. I like a good big highway next to it's my dog park. It's just a fight or fight yeah. park. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I like a highway next to my dog park <laughs> yeah. so that if you're the kind of person that has no control over your dog, you Problem can't solved. go there. You can't go there. Yep. Right? Anyway. So I make it, it's, it's quite a long skinny park. So I make it to one end of it and I think, fuck, that went all right. Like I've, I've survived. This will be fine. Mm. And I'm going back. And of course, it, now there's the trouble, right? Now, Val doesn't really interact with other dogs. She has, sees no value in other dogs. She's out doing her own thing. Dogs she doesn't know. But Remy's real social and he's like, you know, checking out other dogs. It's Typically, it's going all right. Yeah. There's people throwing the chucket for their dog and my dog's managing all of that. It's all fine. And then- Near the cafe, there was this real shitty, nervy Kelpie that had a crack at him. And I called him and I used his kind of informal recalls like, hey, Remy, like, come back. And his body went all tense and the scorpion tail went up. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. shit. Yep. And I called him. I was like, hey, Remy, because I didn't want to use like a formal recall. And he knows he's not allowed to fight. He's not like all my dogs know that you're not allowed to fight other dogs. No matter what, you lose the fight, I'll come and save you. You're not allowed to fight back. Yeah. And I called him again and he gave me this look like from the corner of his eye and I knew exactly what he was inferring to me. It's like, I can't turn my back on this piece of shit. This dog's so nervy. As soon as I turn, he's going to bite me. Yep. And Remy knew that and he was, you could see he was stuck. He was like, he was like, shit, I know I'm being called, but if I get called, I'm going to get bitten in the ass mm. by this dog. So I'm like, uh, and this dog's barking at him and bouncing around. It doesn't have the balls to engage with him, but it, it's going to as soon as he turns his back. Yep. I always use my, my competition whistle. I have it with me. I always carry that, which is like a reflex response to fly back as fast as I can, fast as a dog can. So I'm thinking, am I going to make it over there in time before there's an issue or should I call him? Anyway, I decide to call him. I hit the whistle and he turns on a dime and comes flying and narrowly misses getting his ass bitten by this dog who did exactly what you could see he was waiting to happen. As yep. soon as he turned his back, this dog lunged at him and had a crack yep. and he, he came back like it's conditioned Jeez, response. Un- I know, right? Kelpie or cattle dog sort of behavior, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly he, what they're bred for. Well, not then, not bred for that. That's that's inaccurate. But a, char- a characteristic. It's a characteristic. Uh, anyway, and so he comes- especially in nerves. 
So, so he comes flying back, manages to outrun this dog and yep. comes into a heel position because that's what that means. And the dog then is not willing to confront the both of us. Like as soon as Remy turned around into the position, yep. this dog just shit itself and ran away. And then we had to, through the cafe section, I just kept him in the heel. So he's in a focus heel as we go through that section. Val's out doing Val stuff, right? Like no problem. And then when we get down to, and then we get to the other side and it's like, break, you can go do whatever you want. He just goes off. No big deal. Totally managed scenario, mm-hmm. right? Because I had the tools and the the implemented, what would you say? Not the tools. I had the the skill set trained into the dog to deal with that situation. Yep. Anyway, the conditioned behaviour. Yeah. Mm. So we get down to the car and I'm loading up the car and this woman who was there, she comes down and she's like, oh, your dogs are so amazingly trained. And I was like, oh yeah, thank you. I'm the owner of this Kelpie. No, no. <laughs> and she's got this little uh, schnauzer on lead. She was really lovely. And, and she's like, oh, they're so well trained and they're nice and docile for you. And I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just sort of going along with it. And she goes, oh, they, they look so easy to train these two dogs. And because I've told them to get in their box, they both just jump in the box and they're standing there and she says, not like my dog. My dog's crazy. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And this schnauzer is just like looking at me like half asleep. Yes, he's crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like just kind of trying to escape. <laughs> I just want out of this situation. And she goes, yeah, he's crazy. Um, I'm not joking. He's on Prozac. And I was like, what? What'd she say? Well, her exact word was like, he just couldn't stay still or focus. He just couldn't do anything. So he's been on Prozac since he was a baby. And, wow. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And, and she goes, yeah, he's just too much. He's just crazy. He just couldn't focus. And I was like, did you try training him? Yeah, he just, he wouldn't even sit still to take a treat. And <laughs> this is what she said, he wouldn't sit still to take a treat. And I was like, How yeah. old was he when this all this happened? Well, she said baby. So I'm assuming like puppy weeks, right? What do you uh, expect? Yeah and, yeah. and she says, oh, I had a schnauzer before, but nothing like this. This one was just crazy. And I look at this dog and I mean, he's wearing a cute, like, I mean, he was, he was a good looking dog. He's wearing a cute little outfit, little jacket because it was a little bit rainy. Oh, I just um, threw up in my mouth. Yeah. And he looks at me like, you know, in aliens where people are, are a host and they're in, yep. they're in the thing, they're in the cocoon and they're like basically in like a semi state of consciousness and they look, whoever finds them, they look at them with that like, please kill me face yes. because they know that the, their There's thing's about to burst out of their chest. Their chest. Yep. The dog looked at me with that face, like, yep. please kill me. Yeah. And I was like, I said to her, you know, you could do some training with that dog. And I was like, you know, there's this idea of like biological fulfillment. So, you know, maybe your dog just needed to do some stuff like, you know, he's a schnauzer, like he probably wanted to be active and run around. And I was about to try and start explaining to her, you know, maybe some activities that you could go through with a schnauzer. And she just kind of looked at me like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't tell me how to run my dog. I've and just then, been to a behavioral consult that cost me $800 and now I'm a customer for life. Well, what would you know, dear sir? Well, How and dare then, you? What are your qualifications? Well, then are she, you looks, she looks in the back of my car. Have you car. been to university? <laughs> have you got the right to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> she looks in the back of my car and, no, but she was lovely. This is why I feel like such a jerk over what I did. Well, let me tell the punchline. Sure. And she was telling me about how he had to be on that. And I sort of intimated like, you know, maybe you could do some training and that might help. And maybe he just needed some skills in his life. But she was an elderly lady. I can't, I don't know how old, but she told me she was retired. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing probably in her seventies. Mm. But the way that she told me the dog was on Prozac was she was proud of it. Like it was like, I've got the crazy dog. And I was so tempted to just get Remy out of the car and go, you want to see fucking crazy or, or Val? And just be like, you want to see crazy? Watch this for crazy and just let him 
just go full Malinois in front of her. She um, just got a bit of dust out and blown it across. Yeah, the exactly. Ground in right? front of her. Well, that's the thing. This is the thing when people say, "Oh, my dog can't concentrate." I, I yeah. just, don't, I just can't accept that as an excuse. Anybody that's seen Val and the way she hunts mm. nonstop and will hunt dust if there's nothing else to hunt, yeah. but will comply no matter what she's doing i can she can be chasing dust 100 meters away and i can tell it down and she hits the ground so hard that she scratches her belly yeah like i just don't accept that as an excuse but this woman didn't know and she was really lovely and i was like you know at, but she just kind of looked at me like no he's on drugs and you're wrong and then she looked in the back of my car and you know i've got the world's biggest dog crates and it's not a normal person's van and she goes oh are you a dog trainer and i said no and i shut the van and got in the car and left yep <laughs> and then i was in the car and i was like you've let that dog down i was thinking to myself i was like you know because that dog's just going to be continued to be medicated for the rest of its life and then i was like but also would i have been in a position to change it the way that what led me to say that to her was the way that she shut you down not the way that she shut me down the way that she was proud of the fact that her dog was on prozac mm. like it was a my dog's crazy and yep. and and isn't he isn't he an oddball like and and there he is in his um little jacket and i thought is this in the east no it's right near my house okay in the trendy inner west oh yeah well, um but but i just thought i sort of made the decision at the time i was like i'm not going to be able to deal with like i'm not going to be able to help as for the training of the dog if she were the kind of per- and she's not sort out a trainer she's bumped into me yeah I'm not going to be able to convince her to get into GRC with this dog. That's not going to happen. The right. idea that I could recall my dog was amazing to her. So that, like, that was not the trajectory. I know you and I have had this conversation before, and especially when we've been- Watch your mouth. Together, driving through <laughs> your side of town. Yeah. And it doesn't apply. It certainly doesn't apply to everybody because there are people who live in those regions who are very switched on and, and very cerebral type of people. However, I think the closer you live to the city, especially with animals, the less animal sense you have. People that I speak to in the city just have this anomalous, crazy idea of what a dog is and how a dog should behave. I mean, when I think of anthropomorphism, I think of people who live in, you know, like east of Sydney or or those type of... And there's probably people who listen to the show who say, oh my God, how offensive I live in the yeah. east of Sydney. Well, we just lost the whole But the thing Sydney. is, is there's there are wonderful people out that side of town and that's not blowing smoke. That's, that's a reality because I've spoken to these people and had some dynamic conversation with them. Dynamic. Dynamic conversation. <laughs> so I've had these wonderful conversations with these people and like the level of their understanding and their knowledge in learning theory is astounding. Like they really know how to do it. Yet you meet these other oddballs, like you say, because somebody who's a behavioral vet has given them advice. I mean, these are people who are writing scripts for them the minute they walk in the door. That's yeah. the consult. And that's the issue that I, I have with a lot of these cases because I've spoken to people about it. I've We were talking about this in NDTF the other day and somebody was saying, when I walked through the door, while I was sitting down, they didn't really want to look at my dog. They were pretty much putting a pen to a paper, writing a script out for me. Yeah. That's pretty much the standard conversation that's been had. And there might again, there might be people who are listening who are in these situations. And hopefully if you are doing this, you really need to rethink your strategy and practices to actually have a look at They're the not dog. listening to us. They're not. So here's- Or anybody else of importance for that matter. <laughs> here's a fact. Mm. You know, we're saying, because we've had six different topics, none of them are what we discussed that we we're going to talk about. Being assholes or getting to the point. Well, you know, when I said talking about assholes, that everybody's looking for the secret source. Yeah. The Prozac is the secret source. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's instant gratification. Yeah. So I can I can bomb out my dog and not now, have to do any work or now, think about it ever again. Because here's the here's the deal when you talk like I'm 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 back at it again. I keep fucking getting tied up with force free people and, and discussing things. <laughs> but so no matter where your ethics lie, whether you want to be totally force free or you're willing to be a balanced trainer or whatever, or the positive av- first. Positive first, whatever. Mm-hmm. The the thing is if you want to do no work you can just like if you just want a dog who you, so you can zombify your dog through drugs. Yeah, yeah. So if you want that dog skin rug that just just lays around and wants to be paddled all day, there's a few ways you can get that. Can you I can, add a caveat before we go any further? There no. are certain dogs that need medication, oh, and you and I acknowledge no, 100%. this. We've had it, we've had conversations off air and with, but no um, puppies need that. that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I believe that a, a dog needs to be fully diagnosed, and you need to be dealing with at least a a semi-adult mind before these decisions yeah. are made. And so you've got a dog who is too much for you and you could, you've got a few options. If, you, if you're the type of person that wants to do it, you can just punish that dog into to being flat. That's a way to do it. And who wants to do that, mm-hmm. right? But there's plenty of people that do. If you want to take a positive first approach, you could do a lot of training, layer in some rules. You could biologically fulfill that dog. You could then teach it how to calm down. Mm. I would make, a, I think, a compelling case that a lot of force-free people would have the ability to do that as well. Like that's not to say that you have to take a balanced approach, but all of those take time and effort that yep. most people aren't willing to put in. And the one way- It's just a little drive expression in a lot yeah, of cases. exactly. And mm. it's like we talk about, we, and we talked about it with Dallas the other week. Like yep. my dog, if I'm going to be away from the home for more than two nights, he stays here because he needs to do work every day. Yep. Can, we can get away with one day of doing no work and then he's not livable. Well, not not livable, but he's not happy in my home. Yeah. So- I take steps to make sure that doesn't happen. And I, I wouldn't own a dog if I weren't able to be in a position to do that. Yeah. Right. But the people who aren't willing to do those things to keep their dog happy, you can, there's an instant fix and you mm. can just drug him. And that's what, like in that moment I got in the car and I felt like shit. Cause I got in the car and I was like, fuck you piece of shit. You just let that dog be drugged for the rest of his life. But I was like, I'm not the guy that can fix that for her because I don't have the time for one. And that, that's not the type of client that I can take on at the moment. That's, yep. I'm not around enough to take that on. If I don't like a client, I won't take them on. Yeah. Well, like, she was lovely. This is what, this is the thing. Cause I sat in the car. It's not like, a matter of, it's not a matter of whether they're lovely or not, but if I don't like what they're saying, yeah, you know, like within five minutes, I know whether I want that yeah. client or not, or whether I'm palming it off onto someone yeah. else. It's nothing that I, I really need to spend time on doing. Yeah. It's something that other people would probably give them a better service than what I would do. Yeah. And, well, and plus, I like dealing with fuckery. Well, and then, you know, the way I sort of cheered myself up was that dog park is heavily infiltrated by dog trainers, mostly force-free people, but dog trainers that are there. Yep. And I'm not the first person she's asked if they're a dog trainer. And those people that go down there a lot are like thirsty. So they're, they're all handing out cards all the time. Yep. So someone has spoken it's to saturated. her in the past. Someone has spoken to her in the past. I'm not the first person. I'm not the, I'm not the only hope she had. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I sat in the car, I was like, you have let that dog be drugged for the rest of its life. But then as I sort of was driving around on my way to Bunnings, no big deal. I was like, you know, I don't think I let that dog down because I probably wasn't in a position to change it. But you probably just saved yourself a lot of conflict, mm, to be honest, and, yeah. and sitting there and, and trying to win over somebody who was already convinced. Mm. And sometimes it's nice. I mean, I think that there's a point in time where even stubborn people can be convinced otherwise, yeah. but they've got to be in a state where they're ready for that to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. They've anyway, got to be open to it. So that's my dog park story. There yeah. it is. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Hardly any surprise there. Inner city, dog one, park. One reactive dog that tried to bite mine, another one drugged out of his brain. Mm. Well, it's amazing the amount of dogs that I'm seeing coming from the city regions that are drugged out of their brains these days. Yeah, well, there's a the, it's the fix. And, yeah. and I think this is... Well, it's profitable too. It is, but not like it's... They're not that expensive. That's one of the things. Like it's still a client for life. Yeah, that's right. But it's not a lot of money. Mm. But I mean, if you're talking low profit, high turnover. And if you need it, this is not a poke at people or pets that are no. on pharmaceuticals that need it. Like if they if they absolutely need it, if you need it, I've never mocked anybody for needing to be on pharmaceuticals ever, and I won't ever. Yeah. Because I don't think it's funny, or I don't think that it's amusing, or, or I'm not poking fun at you. Where my disdain comes from is that the industry is converting men, women, children, and pets into like a, it's a high turnover cocktail. Like it's profitable. There's shareholders involved. I, I mean, when profit's involved in all these things, and I mean, I'm not saying who should and shouldn't make money out of things, but I mean, these things are highly profitable. For, mm. You know, like we know pharmaceutical, we're talking into the billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it's always, if you follow the money, it's always in someone's interest to keep you on them. Yeah. But I mean, like, as I said, I, I've recommended people seek out a pharmaceutical solution. I had a client a while ago that- Yeah, as a um, Yeah, the, the dog was just bouncing off the walls. Yeah. And- It's either that or death. Well, yeah. And I said, well, I said, oh yeah, I know how to fix this. It's meditation. It's the box, blah, blah, blah. And um, I showed them the sequence and said, these are the steps. And they called me and like, no, nah, it's not working. I was like, it always works. Give me a go. And I was like, fuck, it's not working. And this dog was just a mess. Like I just had- it was just a mess. When you can see the eyes rotating around in the yeah. dog's head, like the lights are on, but clearly no one's home. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to call defeat on those sort of situations and that's getting to the point. Yeah. You know, like when we- Well, when, it's not calling defeat. It's like, hey- the, There's other options. Yeah. I've these. This is what I have in my tool bag Yeah, and we've tried them and this is not my first day. It's not my first rodeo. I've done this yeah. to many dogs and this should be working. Yeah. And you do have that magical, that unique snowflake that is different, special and unique. Yep. That's when you go, okay, but they are so few and far between. Hmm. They're just not that common. Yeah. That's good. I mean, <laughs> but it, look, to be honest, it's a good point to be able to get to that and get to that point mm. on, on our topics of getting to points. It's a validation that I think most trainers have got to get to is just say, rather than string this person out for another five or six lessons and just make a cash cow of them, be decent to your clients. Like I've said, there's been people that I've thought, if I was a turd, I could just keep this person wrapped up and they wouldn't know any different. Mm. You know, they'd just be shaking my hand and thanking me for my time. And if you had no integrity, if, you, if you're sort of just in a job where you're just dying a long death, that's what people start doing those yeah. type of things. But if well, you really do care and, and like your concern, where you're concerned about the welfare and the impact of the animals and, and, you know, like I think you said a while ago, you it keeps you up at night when you see dogs that aren't getting drive fulfillment mm. and they're in those sort of situations. Right then when you said that, I clearly understand your ethical take on animal training, you mm. know, how important it is to you. And, and I know how important it is to myself and other people like Dallas and, and almost every guest that we've spoken to, you know, how important it is. Like even for argument's sake, Mike Suttle, you know, I'm seeing that he's bringing dogs over and yet if they don't work out, he's given these dogs away free to other people. Yeah, Mike's well known for doing that. That's right. And there's a, there's a lot of And really, having that bite him in the ass, but continuing to do it because it's the right thing to do. That's right. I could name a myriad of people out there who are in the industry who do things at their cost 
but they do it because they're ethical people. Like they actually give a shit. It's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that when we're talking to Dallas and I was talking about that. I didn't want to, you know, we're there to talk to her and to talk about rescue, but it was kind of unfolding in my brain as I was, and I just had to sort of say it out loud. I was like, everybody has their thing that is like, cause we're all in the industry because we love dogs in one way Absolutely. or another and everybody's got their thing and, and, it's all a big puzzle that has to fit together. Some people, do you remember we got a message from someone, sorry, I don't remember your name if you're still listening, about how we spoke about rescue being just a part of the industry and one that we weren't that involved in. Yeah. And she wrote saying like, well, that hadn't occurred to her because she's so in rescue that that was, that's what being a dog, being involved in dogs was. It was mm. rescue. And then, you know, there's plenty of people who just work dogs and they could give a shit about anything else and, then there's people who want to improve the plight of some dogs and they're, you know, like everybody has their little piece that they fit into it. Yeah. And if you're, if you're listening to us, then you have your piece. Maybe it's just your dog. Maybe you care so much about your dog. You're a dog trainer mm. and you've been recommended this by your, or you, you're a dog owner and you've been recommended to listen to us by your dog trainer because you're so into it, whatever. Like maybe that's your piece, but everybody's got their piece of what keeps them up at night, right? Like what's not right and how can I, what can I do in order to to make it better, yeah, I think I find myself thinking about that a fair bit since we spoke to Dallas and that. And that. yeah, that opened a lot of channels in my brain after after we mm. did that. Like I was even sitting in the car with you on the way back, and I'm just thinking there's just a, a kaleidoscope of ideas that were were stemming yeah. off that because I guess, like I said, I've done a very tiny, tiny, tiny bit of rescue work, you know, through working with the Roddies and so forth, in helping and trying to allocate homes for. Uh, abandoned Rottweilers and even now people will contact me but I'm not in a position to be really to be able to rehome these dogs like a lot Mm. of people still because I'm into Rotties and people know I am they'll send me pictures of dogs but what I do do in playing my part is try and find the right person to speak to so I usually say you know like speak to the state club first and foremost and see if they can offer you any help or go here because I mean really the plight of some of these dogs especially some of these larger working dogs if they've got any dash about them and they don't end up in a working home, that's a magic bullet for them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a defensive Roddy in a kennel. Mm. He's, he's that, you know, that assessment that we're talking about with Dallas, he ain't passing that because if he wants to guard his space that and you can't get in with him, that's the end of him. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, uh, you maybe it'd be a good topic that we could do, uh, you know, getting people talk about what is, what is the dog industry for you? You know, like what? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Like what, mm. get, get, Maybe we should start asking people that question. Like, what is it for you? When you think about the dog world, what do you think of? Yeah. Because to everybody, that's different. Some people would probably say- You know what we should do? We should organize a call in where we speak to a myriad of different people. Mm. And and that could be a good topic question where, you know, like it's you've got 10 minutes to answer the question and then we move on to the next person. I think we could probably do something like that through Patreon, through the the, the Crowdcast app. Oh in yeah, Patreon, yeah, that's a good idea. Because then people could, we could just invite them in, so people could be watching live. Yep. And we could we could in, pull them in and just interview them on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty I like sure it. we could do that, and then we could get the audio from that and just release it normally, or we could just make it for our Patreon people because we love them more than the others. I know. <laughs> They, they, they buy a hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, well, at least we know they're listening. Maybe they're yeah. at least. Well, paying. we do know they're listening because you can actually see it on the statistics. So, oh. 
but I mean, there's good feedback from from them, but also the people who are just who we don't discount at all, the, yeah. our regular listeners who are listening to the podcast. Yeah, we love you too. We love you too, of course. But we just do. not as much as the Patreon people. We no. love them more. Yeah, um, they're buying additional love. All right, I think we've started waffling. Here we have. We uh, we, we've lost the point. We've lost the point yeah. altogether. Yeah. And it's I think time we, for us to go and train some dogs. I think anyway. we talked ourselves out of the assholes thing as well a little bit. We we're like, oh, maybe it's our fault. Who knows? <laughs> um, hey, when we're when we're talking about. Uh, before when you were mentioning that a lot of people's relationships with their dogs, even assholes love their dogs. Yeah. You know? And I mean, and that's the, that, I guess that's the conflict now that I've segued back into the asshole topic. Yeah. I think sometimes they love their dogs so much that they're confused about what's best for their dog. Yeah, I agree. And that's the anomaly. And that adds the difficulty to the situation is that they have so much love for the dog and they're so passionate and involved that they just... They don't know when to stop and it all almost becomes obsessive for them mm-hmm. that it spills into so many different – it's a wide open problem area Yeah, where, yeah, it's almost like I don't know how to stop and I don't know when to stop. Yeah. Well, since we're, we're reopening it before we close it. Okay, cool. What I wanted to say is I think when you talked about people who love their dogs, that's, yep. that's when I say what keeps me up at night and that's where I want to focus on the dog industry is people who think they're doing right by their dog – but are actually just suppressing their dog. They may be loving their dog into depression. Yep. Right. Where I like, that's what keeps me up at night. People who really like, like parents who live through their children. Well, or not necessarily live through them, but like don't understand that like you have an athlete, you, yep. you whether you wanted one or not, you have one yep. and you've got to let that athlete. Or you've you, got a child that doesn't want to play piano. Yeah. But yep. you, you've got an athlete and you've got to let him perform. He's, yep. a, he's a bird. You've got to let him fly. Yeah. As Mark Wahlberg would say and the other guys. I'm a peacock. Yeah, I'm a peacock. you got to yep. let me fly. Peacocks don't fly. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm wrapping it up they before we waffle too much. Do they? Peacocks fly. Really? Yes, really. I'm sure so. I've got footage of a peacock in fly. You better post that on Facebook. I will, the I will definitely post it. All right. I'm wrapping it up. Hey, yeah. uh, that's it for another episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, uh, like, rate, share, subscribe. People have kind of stopped doing that. I think people have like, we've gotten all of our reviews that we're going to get. No, we should get more. All right. Give us more. Please. Yeah. Look, it's always good. I mean, it adds to our credibility online when people are reading Gives us through. a little dopamine dump. It does. <laughs> well, it's nice to be appreciated. Everyone likes it. Um, you know, yep. and, it, and it does, it does actually, uh, what do you say? Um, give us a dopamine here. It gives us a dopamine, but it it's also quantifies that we're on the right path. Yeah, pathway. fluffs us up. It does. So anyway, do that. Uh, that'd be handy. If you want to support the show, jump on Patreon and you can probably be a part of this exciting new endeavor that we've just come up with and haven't put too much thought into, but have said out loud. So now we have to figure out a way to do it. And if you want to get in contact with us, the best way to do that is to send us an email. We are info at thecanineparadigm.com. That's it. Anything else, Glenn? Music. <laughs>